Lights, camera, action. Hello and welcome to another edition of Movie Madness in association with Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Jack Harper, Keenan Bonner and Sean Shute. We're now in the second round of the bracket and today's matchup is 2000's Gladiator, through after beating Point Break in round one, up against 2004's Man on Fire, through after defeating The Fugitive in round one. Went over the uh, criteria last episode, so let's go over the prequels, sequels, that kind of thing. Just some talking points that we may not have got into in the first round matchup, and then I'll reveal the scorecard at the end, which these boys don't know either. So they're in anticipation just as much as you, the listener. Prequels slash sequels. Obviously, we don't have one that's been released for either Gladiator or Man on Fire. I can take you through the reports. Gladiator 2 does appear to be happening. It's one of them that is spoken about, is it film and is it not, is it in development? If you go on IMDb, then you'll find it there uh, saying it's in development and I can give you the, uh, well, the rundown. So the original report on Gladiator 2 mentioned that the sequel would focus on Lucius, the son of Connie Nielsen's character, Lucilla, from Ridley Scott's original film. Um, Lucius is the nephew of Commodus, um, the sequel is being done by Paramount. Um, they brought on the screenwriter, uh, Paul Craig, I believe his name is. Um, he helped work on the Top Gun Maverick uh, reboot, which we've not seen yet to credit. But his other films include The Town, which is a great film. It's a, I mean, it probably would be a one seed if we uh, did it that way for our host bracket when we get there. Did 12 Strong for the people that love a war film. And he did both. Parts. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. Yeah. Heat would be the number one seed if we do a heist bracket that way. I mean, I was going to bring this up last pod, but. Yeah. Oh, oceans we'll, up there. Well, hey, look, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there over you the heist bracket. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm just saying we'll do it by money because then you and I don't have to have this argument continually. No, we'll but... do it by money. Um, Italian job. Top tier uh, heist film. And the two part, he did both. The Hunger, Hunger Games Mockingjay. He wrote part one and two, which I know Sean is a big fan of and read the yeah. books. Yeah. Um, Russell Crowe actually told a story last year of a conversation he had with the uh, producer Douglas Wick. He said, I hadn't talked to Doug in a long, long time. Last time I talked to Doug, he said he had this great idea where Maximus gets carried from the stadium and they pulled back this big rock and he gets put into a cave and he's anointed with oils and then he comes back. He says, I told Doug, I don't think we have the rights to that story. But that was a long, long time ago. And I don't think he appreciated my sense of humour at the time. So it's one of them where Ridley Scott is refusing to let anyone else get their hands on it. He's also a very busy man himself. So I think you'll see it eventually. But it doesn't look like it's the top of anyone's agenda and it'll be a case of uh, probably when they need the money they'll go back to it in terms of man on fire um there was a lot of talks about a prequel movie 
after the success of the first. And I guess the issue both these films have is it's tough to franchise your film when you kill off your lead character. But the talks never really went anywhere. There's rumours that uh, Kenzel was going to bring it back. I think when we did The Equaliser, we pointed out there, that's the only sequel he's ever done. So I don't think people should get their hopes up for that either. If you could have a sequel to sequel prequel to one of them, which would it be? I think I would either do Gladiator, but as a prequel. Can you can you say that? Can you say that the sequel comes out? Or the prequel comes out after the sequel. Then it kind of makes the case that you can have Marcus Aurelius or the um, Denzel back without causing too much continuity issues. Yeah, I guess the issue would be is he's just a soldier at this point. So but he is a general, isn't it? War stories and shit like that. Yeah. But I guess the jeopardy is always lost in prequels because you know they don't die. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I catch it. Did you? I'm the, sure. I mean, the people... weird thing, the weird thing with the Man on Fire one, is they made the decision to kill him. In the book, he lives. And then <laughs> no, the guy who... no, no, he wasn't. The, the book he just died in different circumstances. Is this is this the last one? Because the guy who wrote it, he wrote like four. He wrote this like three stories about him, didn't there? There's one where yeah. He, but I don't think this was the first. I think we did this when we did it. It, it ended. Remember, I think the original ending was rather than him dying peacefully in the car, um, he uses his suppository bomb that he's used earlier in the film and blows everyone up that way. And they thought having Denzel with a bomb shoved up inside him maybe wasn't the most graceful way for Sam Priest <laughs> to go out. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, like I say, I mean, if they wanted to do prequels, Man on Fire is the easiest one to do because yeah. they've got source material to choose from. They also reference, even if you just go by kind of the screenplay for the first one, him and uh, Christopher Walken, they reference a couple of times the things they've seen mm. and the adventures they've had and that kind of thing without going into too much detail. So they have left it pretty wide open as well. Oh, it's such a shame they couldn't. The only annoying part, or there's a couple of annoying parts, you can't really bring Denzel back now, but you definitely can't bring Christopher Walken back. Denzel may have thought he was above it at the time, I don't know, or maybe he was just tried going into different, in a different direction. You think, so, Man on Fire's 2004, uh, Training Day was the year before, wasn't it? Training Day is 2001, mate. 2001, okay. So he probably thinks he's going up rather than down there and he doesn't need to get tied down. Well, it's an accurate assessment. Yeah, for sure. Just in the days now when... uh, I I, I don't know if this is a cheap shot, but... You look at some of the films that we don't get the prequels and sequels to, and then someone in a studio somewhere says, you know what we need? Ghostbusters, but the entire cast are women. <laughs> I think that, says, that, that particular example just says more about you, to be honest. Are you um, going to watch the Ghostbusters women's version? I've seen it. Well, that says more about you. Oh, the one with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig? I can't stand Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, no, I've seen it. She plays the secretary. Uh, Chris Hemsworth plays the secretary. Why, why have you seen that? <laughs> I don't know. I just can tell you I've seen it. 
Was there like this unwritten pack that we were never supposed to watch? It yeah, he sounds really offended. Oh, is this because I haven't watched some of the shit you've asked me to watch, but I've seen the female version of Ghostbusters? I, just, I can't picture a situation where you've like blocked out the evening to sit and watch the female Ghostbusters. <laughs> I mean, I really like this. wasn't the reason, but I really do like Kristen Wiig, so that probably played a big part. Yeah, uh, you went for a cigarette break in Bad Mums too. Yeah, it was fucking terrible. It's the only time I've ever walked out of a cinema, to be honest. For a cigarette, of all things, uh, it was more entertaining one. than the film. I can tell you. <laughs> well, we'll get back on track here. Um, if, hopefully, it doesn't take any credibility away from the po- podcast if you've watched that film. <laughs> And you talk down on Batman and Robin, but you'll sit there and watch. <laughs> yes, I didn't say I liked the film, did I? I just happened to say I've seen it. I've yeah, seen but that's Batman one of them. Like, it's not one where you go in with maybe you might like it. Like, I feel that's pretty much you know what you're getting there. Well, look, I don't know what you want me to say. I've went in it. I've seen it. I'm not saying it's I great. want like I a reasonable excuse. <laughs> yeah. I want like a reasonable like. <laughs> Or it's not letting you get away with just it. Just like an apology. Like, <laughs> I don't know why I watched it. I feel like of all the films that I've told you I've seen, this is one of the, this is one of the least offensive. It's I, honest, I, I, I don't think I knew anyone that had ever seen it. I thought oh, yeah, they'd no, watch it back if they asked. At the premiere, they probably went out for a cigarette break as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I've, I've seen it. Yeah, it, was, it came and went without exception. I've seen uh, Ocean's 13 as well, if you like. No, oh, no, what's I, the other one at Ocean's no, 13? I, I can see more appeal to that one. Okay, I, don't know, I was just throwing in all female cast. They're also rebooting Ghostbusters with the same actors and doing that again. So someone what? in the studio just really liked Ghostbusters. <laughs> Fuck me. Bill Murray's um, about 80. Yeah. Um, if we go on to what we love most about each film. So Keenan, we'll, we'll stick with you. I think you need a redemption <laughs> arc here. Um, what, what do you love most about Gladiator? The scenes in the Colosseum. I the thing I love most is Gladiators. <laughs> um, for me, it's uh, it's Commodus. Um, I, I can't. For me, I mean, when we do our end of uh, season awards. I don't think there's any greater villain in this bracket for me than him. I, I watched all of his scenes again today. Um, he, his monologue that he gives to Lucius as he's kind of threatening the mum without outwardly threatening the mum is just incredible. Every facial expression he does and the way he conveys someone being so weak in the film but also so menacing is just perfect. So I know uh, Russell Crowe's your, your star villain there, but Blacking Phoenix for me is uh, my main man. What about you, Sean? Um, yeah, I guess similar to, to Keen in a sense, but in terms of the gladiators, but just the whole, like the history of it, Romans, the, the Colosseum, the fighting, just... There's someone, yeah, who's interested in history. I, I just like that kind of throwback to that era. Yeah. So, have you seen yeah. Spartacus? Uh, yes, I have. I actually wasn't able to watch the last few episodes because I knew what happened and it was too emotional for me to watch. <laughs> um, I might start it again soon. 
that first yeah, season. I can't, I can't put myself through it again. But yeah, the first season is great. Uh, Jack, what about you? What do you love most about Gladiator? I think it's the world that it creates. Like Up until that time, we hadn't really had the technology to really do justice to the Colosseum. What a fucking... What that like an achievement to build something that big <laughs> like long ago. It's like having when what Ridley Scott does, isn't it? He creates worlds. Well, yeah, exactly that. And it's like fucking Wembley Stadium. You've got enough people. You've got like fifty thousand people in there. All in, that's probably the whole population of Rome at the time. All in this one thing, just to watch people hack people to death. I just think there's a magic around that ancient bloodlust. Well, I think we should bring it back. Yeah, like like you said about the Akers on on in that episode. <laughs> Great episode that was. Yeah, he's gonna get fucking eaten by a lion, three to one eaten by a lion, or three to one on a spear. Yeah, I just think being able to see it in all its glory, I just think that's the best part of the whole film. Um, if we go on to then Man of Fire, uh, Man on Fire. Um, I'll be quick with this one. I said it first time around. For me, what I love most about the film is quite simply the line, uh, forgiveness is between them and God, it's my job to arrange the meeting. Unbelievable, that scene. And uh, that line in particular is what I love most about the film. What about you, Sean? Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. Not really sure which which one moment to pick out. Uh, a moment. It could be a character, it can be anything. Come back to me. Come back to me. There's a couple I'm thinking of. Come back to me. We only had a week. Uh, Keenan, what what do you love most about uh, Man on Fire? Denzel. I think this might be after Alfonso in Training Day. This is every potential to be my favourite Denzel character. Jack, so much what about you? Sorry, Keenan. That's okay. Um, I like the chemistry between him and is it, it's Peter, isn't it? The girl. Yeah, go to Fanning. I think that chemistry is so hard to master with a child actor and a grown actor and they pull it off perfectly and you really do buy into that relationship and why because sometimes in movies you find that you think oh the main character guy he wouldn't have gone this far he's just a hard <laughs> girl, but he doesn't give a fuck whereas you can actually buy into he wants to save this little girl even from her own dad so yeah I, I think that's probably my favourite bit uh, Sean you got anything yet? <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it, it probably is Denzel and I, and I think I guess similar to to Jack in a way but not, not just specifically their relationship but more where you guess you see his kind of vulnerable side as well um yeah where you can see that obviously has that brutal and, and ruthlessness character that you you see in other films he's done but you also see the kind of vulnerable side of where he's looking after the girl and then trying to get her back so yeah um yeah, that for me. All right, from what we love to the nitpicks, then. So, this if one. We start with Gladiator again. Maximus throwing away his sword annoys me every time. <laughs> he knows what a bastard Commodus is. He's had his wife and kids killed, and still he doesn't want to have the upper hand by having his sword even after he's been stabbed and wounded pre-battle but that 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 would be my only nitpick i think otherwise it, it's a near perfect film and, but that's just the one thing that kind of irks me each time um yeah I, what, i've i've cool. got him killing he should have killed commodus earlier 
Or said, or could have done it a lot easier. Yeah, that, that was my one. Um, Keenan, it's the ending a little bit, like the whole fields of gold thing. I don't know why it annoys me so much, but it really does. It did when we did the pod the first time round as well. Uh, Jack, what about you? I'm left to agree with you. I think throwing the sword away again. <laughs> your reasoning is impeccable. You just know what a cunt and communist can be, and you know he's got something up his sleeve. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. Quite literally. And you've left yourself open. And like, If it wasn't for being such a great warrior, he could have literally died of death and not avenged his family. Yeah. And he could have lived. Yeah. Well, with, with what you said, Keen, and with the, the Fields of Gold thing, um, this was a definite thing that I think we've only recently started getting away from in films where you weren't really sure a character was dying until there was some little like vignette on the filter and they come face to face with some other dead relative who tells them that you're not ready to go (laughs) yet. And then they wake up and kill the bad guy or whatever they need to do. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case, obviously he's happy to go, but this was a pretty classic thing, particularly in the early 2000s, wasn't it? Just to show someone's dying. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was. And, like I agree with you. How, how in, <clears throat> I don't know how in how many films it actually adds something to it. No. I mean, so that it was done that often to the point that there are films that parried it, parody it. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. You have it in um, Harold and Kumar, don't you? And then mm. the Jesus is sick of uh, MPH stealing all his birds, so he sends him, asks God to send him back down to earth. Um, pick for Man on Fire. We'll stick with you, Keenan. The fact that it takes an hour to start. I think this is going to be a common nitpick here. It's, it's my one as well, but at the same time, I, like, I don't hate the first hour, mind. By the way, it's not no. like, but it's just once it's a that, little bit too much. It goes. It very much goes zero to one hundred from the moment yeah. she gets. From the moment that kidnap starts, he gets shot. Bang bang. Next thing you know, he's fucking cutting off fingers and cauterizing wounds with cigarette lighters out of a car it then it's mental for the rest of it do you do you think we get the same feeling for the last hour though if we haven't sat through the first hour maybe because that's the only thing that makes me question is whether it is all entirely necessary so i think you combat it in one of two ways to leave to like minimize the disparity either you have to the shit way of doing it is to make excuse me the last hour Take, take away bits from the last hour make it not as good and then it just becomes a very average film or like you say maybe to take away some from the beginning I do, I do like the fact that for once in the films that we do there is a, a there is a relationship that's built and they're trying to flesh out the characters because you could quite easily have him sitting with William no Christopher Walken taking the job yeah. being there for 48 hours she gets kidnapped and then instead of doing it for any sort of emotional reason he's doing it because it's his job and it's well, with the sort of the opposite, same film. you can stick with denzel because you look at the equalizer and essentially what they block up 20 minutes and say look he's a good guy he's trying to help this fat kid get in shape so mm-hmm. he can do this and then something bad happens bang we've told you he's a good guy now watch the rest of it and that's essentially what they do the other way around rather than give you the build-up yeah yeah sir so, um, Jack, what what would be your nitpick the same, or is there something different? I think it'd probably be the same. I think 
that was the one that I can really find. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, other than that, the only other one I had is, is Peter. I mean, I understand that there isn't a film if she does this, but like, why, why does Peter just wait? Why does she run back? Why does she run away? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She stays there for ages. Oh, uh, just as another smaller one, the fact that it, the whole thing is he's just a, like, he's washed up, he's on the drink and all. He stopped drinking for about two days. Next thing you know, he's an expert marksman. <laughs> now, I've don't, I don't suffer from an alcohol dependency, but from what I'm told, it takes more than 48 hours to get out of the system. Because he start, he put he refuses one glass of whiskey and next to you, you know he's just bang 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 everyone's dead. I mean we had enough builders if it is. Imagine if we had his withdrawals. <laughs> just shaking in bed like. Um, all right. So if we go on to last scene standing, so we've currently got intimidating Reggie. I mean <laughs> there was some dispute here. So for the purpose of this one, because I, I thought we were going that way with the last one. We do need to agree on the two scenes first of all. It makes it a lot easier when we then mm-hmm. vote to see. So, would you say the Are You Not Entertained yes. scene is, is your pick for Gladiator? Slices yeah. through three of the best warriors they've got, takes two swords, which look infinitely cooler than just one sword, crosses your man's head off, flings the sword at Commodus. <laughs> And then gives one of the most immortal lines in uh, film history. Uh, the one I had down for Man on Fire was the suppository bomb. Um, <laughs> it says, I've got time, but you don't. Also, you've got the RPG scene. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if... Yeah, are we even considering one for Man on Fire? Or are we all picking the Are oh, You Not Entertained scene as being our, yeah. our one here? I mean, I, I've even used that... F- that line in Five Aside, that's how immortal that line is. <laughs> Screen that out, Brad Martin scoring his eighth goal. <laughs> I actually used it when I say two penalties in a match as well. I gave it that, are oh, you not entertained? <laughs> Hope you scored after that. So, if we have that, and we've got it up against Intimidating Reggie, um, say I now if your vote is with Intimidating Reggie. Okay, that tells me what I need to So, we're saying Maximus and Are oh, You Not Entertained from Gladiator is currently taking the seat on the throne. That's mm-hmm. going, to be, going to be hard to beat as well. That's it, really it's the end, of, uh, the end of uh, what was potentially could have been a fairy tale cup run. Yep. yep. Sadly, I mean, that's off. what we had with Donnie Berger last Donnie time. Donnie Berger, that was genuinely a fairy tale cup run. Something may emerge next time. Um, there we go. And finally, before I give you the scores, a line from the film that also works the Tinder bio. Um, I had a couple of downs. Anyone want to come out with any of theirs before? The, the thing is, the what we do in Life Echoes and Eternity line is way too many people's Twitter bios. <laughs> so I can't use that one. No. <laughs> um, um, I mean, I've got the opening line from uh, from the film that comes up as a caption. Um, 70% of the victims do not survive. <laughs> the one I sent Keenan was the one I sent Keenan yesterday. Go on, say it. Let us pretend that you're a loving daughter and I am a good father. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Took you a little minute to get on that one, did it, Sean? <laughs> Marcus, Marcus Aurelio stuck in sync. Well, he's got a couple. I mean, 
and you're ready to do your duty for Rome is if 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 you go the guilt trip route. Um, <laughs> I've got this image of you saying this to someone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> won't you ex- won't you accept this great honour that I've offered you? Um, do you think God will forgive us for what we've done? Oh, these are great. And the last one I doubt was, uh, I'm going to ask questions. If you don't answer fully and truthfully, you'll suffer much more than you have to. I'm going to cut your fingers off one by one if I have to. That's, that a, bit, that's, that's a bit sinister, that is. That was the one Sean submitted. Yeah, that's very sinister. Yeah, Sean, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> there are some fucking creepy ones, to be fair. Um, yeah, that's that's a troubled, troubled being who said that. Mm. Oh, do you... Okay, my, oh, sorry, Keenan. I was going to say, okay, my friend, it's off to the next life for you. I guarantee you won't be lonely. <laughs> Crikey, me. You need to stop being so dark with these. It's the old point, though. No? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, who wants to give me a score prediction? Winner and score. It's out of 15. We've got 15 categories. Nine and six. In which way? Oh, gladiator. Okay, I'll give you the score. Um, we've actually had our first whitewash here. Fuck me. 10 nil to gladiator. Jesus. Jeez. Yeah, um, I thought it was disrespectful while I was uh, tallying things up. Um, so which did you prefer went to gladiator? Rewatchability was a tie. Uh, best quote moment and MVP or went to Gladiator. It was a tie for most menacing villain. Uh I guess as as good as Commodus is, some some of you thought that kidnapping and taking kids was uh maybe a bit more sinister. Um I will I will give you I can give you my reason um for the why I picked the voice is I know he turns out to be menace in the end, but for a lot of this film Commodus isn't absolutely funny. <laughs> yeah no I <laughs> That's what makes him like menacing, though, because I he, get that. But at the same time, you sort of—he's that much of a funny. You spend a lot of the time not taking him seriously. I, when I he's got when Maximus is telling me he thinks he's been scared his whole life. He, he takes it. <laughs> you ain't saying that to a real menacing villain, are you? Like <laughs> you ain't telling Mad Dog in the raid that you think he's been scared his whole life because he'll be—he'll end you then and there. I know, no, but it's the menacing side that. He will take it to new depths of depravity. To I get that, but it, hey, I, I was house. with you. Um, <laughs> we it was a tie on action per minute. Uh, kill count went in favour of Gladiator. Uh, creative use of weaponry was a tie. Soundtrack, originality, impact, and ending went to Gladiator, and then chemistry was a tie also. So yeah, ten nil, brutal. I thought this was the closest matchup of um, this week, and. Uh, it goes to the power of Gladiator, I suppose. To the spoils, to the victor, the spoils, rather. Yeah, and that does also set up a round three matchup of the Dark Knight versus the versus Gladiator. Wow, blockbuster! There we go. So that just about completes this episode. We still have one more for your Friday listening or your weekend or whenever you're listening to this. So. Uh, Stay tuned. Casino Royale against Kingsman will be on your feed also.